Psalm 96 this morning, as we conclude, no, we've got one more actually sermon on Christ in the Psalms um, uh, next week, Uh, but this uh, morning it's Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all gods are of the people, or all gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the earth. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say to the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established and shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes and he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Father in heaven, Sometimes your word is beyond anything that we can really wrap our heads around. And this particular psalm says things that sometimes can seem a little extraordinary, even a little bit unreal. And yet your word declares truth to us. Your word expands our horizon. Your word opens our eyes to see things and think things that make sense once we work them through. And I pray that as we think for this, about this psalm for a few moments now this morning, that you would expand our horizon of how we understand the world, our place in the world, and how we relate to you. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a phrase that we, as a congregation, wrestled through when we looked through the book of Revelation back in 2018. And it was simply this, things are not as they seem, or things are not only as they seem. And I think that is so true when we think about the baby that was born, the Son of God that was sent to earth and came through the birth canal of Mary and was born in that room so many, many, many years ago. And it's important that we realize that as we consider that baby, things are not as they seem. There's a whole lot more going on than meets the eye. This particular psalm is a helpful song if we get it, because if we understand it and grasp it and pull it into our hearts, it will be something that influences our day-to-day living, that influences our day-to-day thinking. It lays out two realities which are absolutely staggering realities when we come to actually acknowledge them in our life. One of the things that you'll notice about this psalm is it mentions the Lord 11 times. 
And I want you to know that the Lord that is described here is Jesus, the child that was born to Joseph and Mary. He is the Lord. And he is the Lord of this psalm. And so it helps us as we begin to wrestle with this psalm to understand that the psalmist so many years ago was speaking prophetically. So many years ago, he was anticipating the Messiah that would come and be born. And so the Lord in this particular text is Jesus Christ, the child of Joseph and Mary. The psalm is describing then one who is Lord over all of the earth, Lord of all of the nations, Lord of all of the peoples, Lord of heavens and earth. It's describing one who made all of this world and everything that is in it and everything that is above it and everything that is underneath it. This Lord is the creator and the king of this whole world. And he makes this basis that he is the Lord over all or this claim based on those two realities. Is there anything greater that one can do than make the heavens and the earth? Is there anything that you can attribute to somebody that is more powerful, more amazing, more extraordinary, more awe-inspiring than to know one who spoke this world into existence and everything in it? And then the other reality is that, is there anyone that we know that is more powerful and greater than one who is known as the king who reigns over all of this? who guides it and who directs it and to which all of us one day will bow our knee and confess that he is the king of kings. What I want us to consider this morning, and I've been thinking through what God has told us in his word about this child that was born, that we are thinking a lot about, but we don't want to just end with a child in a manger. What we want to realize is this child is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And that this child is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And if the psalmist is right, and I am convinced that he is right, then this king is coming again. And he's not coming again in a lowly sort of unrecognizable, needs to be revealed who he is sort of way. He's going to become, come in a mind-blowing, um, everyone knowing that this is the king of kings. There will be no mistaking who it is when we see this Lord return in the heavens at the end of this age. As the angels said to the shepherds, for unto you is born this day in the city of David. Not just a male, not just a child, but a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So as we consider this psalm then, he begins by encouraging us all to sing. It's something that we need to do. We don't always have a great voice. We don't always sing on pitch. That's not necessarily the focus of it, but just sing to the Lord. Let your emotions free. Release your sort of your, your, your mind and your heart and your emotions in praise and adoration to the Lord. There's something about song. I, I wish that I had the skill to every week put the sermon to a music rather than um, sort of just a monologue. Because music has a way of getting into our souls that words don't have. And you can remember songs way easier than you can remember the Word of God sometimes. And so he says to us, sing to the Lord a new song. There's a freshness to our walk with the Lord. There's a, a freshness to our relationship with God that, that is ever new every day if, if we open our eyes and look at who the Lord is. He says, sing to the Lord all the earth. 
it's not just Christians that acknowledge the lordship of God. Christ is the Lord of all of the earth, of all the peoples in this world. And I wonder as you think about this, is there a freshness in your song today? As you have been sort of anticipating Christmas, are you acknowledging in new ways how God has spoken to you, how God has revealed to you, how God has delivered you, what God has done for you in Christ? Is there this growing song in your heart that is new today that you didn't know yesterday? Are there verses that you've added to your song today that weren't part of the song yesterday or last month because you are knowing more about this Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I think this is in part what he's saying where he says, sing to the Lord a new song. And then he says of all this singing, it's not just an upward relationship to God, but there's a a, a word that goes out to the people around us. What what was God word in our song is now people word. And so there is this this expression that he says, praise his name. Well, who do you praise his name to? You praise to other people. It would be great to just stop right now and have you get in little groups of five or ten and just tell you, praise the name of God together. Tell others what Jesus has done for you this week or what Jesus has done for you this past month. Praise his name. Bless God in your heart. As you think about the name, I had playing in my study probably four or five times as I was uh, uh, just thinking about praising the name of Jesus was that song, What a beautiful name it is. And I just played it over and over in my study. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, our King. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, our King. What a powerful name it is, Jesus Christ, our thing. Is the name of Jesus wonderful to you? Is the name of Jesus beautiful to you? Is the name of Jesus powerful to you? Has it saved you? Has it healed you? Has it delivered you? It's an incredible name. No no wonder we have so much to praise the name of Jesus about. And he says, proclaim his salvation. Just as there's three emphasis to sing, there's three declarations that the psalmist made to tell other people. Praise his name to other people. Declare his salvation to other people. I think of that account of Jesus when he crossed the river and went to um, Gennesaret. And he delivered there a man from multiple demons. And it was just a, an amazing, powerful deliverance as he released that man from so much bondage for so many years that created so much fear in the environment that he was in. And at the end of it all, Jesus was getting back in his boat to head back across the Sea of Galilee. And this man came to Jesus and says, let me go with you. And do you remember what Jesus said to him? No. Go and tell others what God has done for you. That's what it means here to proclaim his salvation. Go and tell other people what Jesus has done for you. And he says it day to day. Jesus does stuff for us every day. If we would open our eyes and think about it and and grasp it, there's there's not a, a day that goes by where there's not something to declare the goodness of God about, something to declare the power of Jesus about, something to to talk about one of his provisions or one of his deliverances or, 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 or the way that he has kept us. And then he says, declare his glory among the nations. For us, that's where do you work? What's your neighborhood? Who's in your family? 
Just take time to declare the glory of the Lord, to, to tell what he's done for you, to tell how he sustains you, to tell how he gives you hope, to speak about the promises that sustain you, to explain why you are the way that you are to those that ask you. It's this incredible sort of realization in our own thinking. Do we really know what the Lord has done for us? And if we do, we would declare it amongst the nations. So he says, sing to the Lord and speak of the Lord. Sing to God and speak of the Lord to other people. But what is it that, that sort of summarizes our declaration and our singing? What's at the heart of all of this when we think about this? It's, with such ease, again, we focus on a baby that was born. And it's true, it was a baby that was born, fully human. But what is, what is just so hard to comprehend is that little baby that was born made this universe. He made the heavens and the earth. This one that was born of the woman was, was unlike any other baby in the sense that he was God. The Lord of heaven and earth, great and highly to be praised, feared above all other gods. Is there anyone more powerful, anybody greater? Can you think of anything, as I said earlier, that is more magnificent, more powerful, more awe-inspiring than one who can speak this whole universe into existence? Anybody. Anything that you worship, is they more, are, they, are they able to do more for you, provide more for you than a God who made this whole world and all that is in it? There's a paradox, isn't there, of the... Uh, the shepherds that were sent to see this baby that was born, and they knelt before this baby. They're not just kneeling before a baby. They're kneeling before their creator. They're kneeling before the one who made the angels that sang to them. They're kneeling before the one who made the fields on which they tread. They're kneeling before the one who made the sheep over which they walked. They're kneeling before the one who made them. This is the heart of our singing. This is, this is astounding as we gather together and think about this birth. As we read from John chapter 14 just a little bit earlier, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not nothing made that is made. Hebrews, in the last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom He also created the world. Psalm 33, 6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. It's so hard to imagine that this baby that came into existence in a human form, eternally existent as the Son of God, the creator of heaven and of earth. As we sometimes say, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead seal, hail the incarnate deity. Don't let the humility of Christ, don't let the humanity of Christ veil you from seeing or stop you from understanding that that baby is also the Lord to whom we sing, the Lord who we declare because he is the one who made heaven and all that is in it. I was thinking about the baby and there's two descriptions at least that we could give to this child. There's the description of the baby that's in the birth narratives in Luke and in Matthew. 
But let me remind you of the description of this baby that is in John or Revelation chapter one. Then I turned to see a voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands was one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden slash, sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his hand, he held the seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was shining like the sun in full strength. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever and ever. So as you sing, as you pray, as you read, as you think in these next couple days, remember that this child is the maker of heaven and earth. The second thing the psalmist says is ascribe to the Lord. He, he, just as he tells us to sing three times in verse seven and eight, he tells us to worship the Lord or give praise to the Lord. It's a summons that goes out to all the earth. It's not just Christians that are to do this. It's all the earth that is to acknowledge who Jesus Christ is. And you might be thinking, worship a baby? Well, yeah, worship a baby. As I've said, he's, he's also not just a baby. He's the creator of the heaven and earth. He's the eternal son of God. And our focus in worship is not ourselves. It's not our idols, but it's in the God who made the heaven and the earth, the Lord Jesus Christ, this baby that was born to Mary. And what's the content of our worship? Well, it's giving the Lord glory and strength. It's acknowledging the glory of his name. It's engaging our will and attesting his splendor and his holiness and trembling before him. I don't know, have you ever thought, what does it mean to give the Lord glory and strength? You can't give the Lord anything, can you? He is glorious in all his might. He is he is strength beyond anything we can imagine. So what does it mean to give the Lord glory and strength? Well, I think it means to declare it. To see it and articulate it and acknowledge it and, and give him honor as you speak about his glory and as you speak about his strength. And the content of our worship is to think about his power and his wisdom and his strength and the knowledge behind the one who can create the heavens and the earth. What power and wisdom is involved in speaking this world into existence? What power and strength is involved in maintaining this world and providing for it all and guiding and directing it, not only our own lives, but nations around the world and bringing it to a perfect conclusion? Think about that. Engage your will in submission to this one that is able to do that, the splendor of his holiness, the wonder of his perfections. There's nothing in God that is not perfect. He is perfect in might. He's perfect in righteousness. He's perfect in glory. He's perfect in holiness. Tremble before him. And it's not this us. And back in, uh, um, in Psalm, uh, 90, or Psalm 103, he says, Bless the Lord, all you his angels, and ascribe to the Lord glory and strength and might. All of creation is to worship the Lord. Jesus, Jesus is not just 
the Lord of Christians. It's not like we have chapters around the world and, and we're Christian chapters. Yes, there's Christian churches. And it's really just us who worship the Lord. The scriptures say all the earth is to worship the Lord. All men and women, all boys and girls, we are all to worship the Lord. He is your Lord. He is my Lord. He is your neighbor's Lord, whether we acknowledge it or not. There's the song that we sing, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above the heavenly hosts. Everything, everyone praises the Lord. Are you gripped by the splendor of his holiness? Do you think about his majesty? And just as in the first section, the proclamation that we make is articulated in the fact that he is our creator. But here it's articulated in the fact that he is our king. Verse 10 says, Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. It's an amazing statement about Christ. The Lord reigns. And it's a universal reign. It's a comprehensive reign. It's the heavens and the earth and the sea and the fields and the trees that sing and shout and are glad and resound and exalt over their creator. Everything above the earth, everything on the earth, everything under the earth, everything in the seas, all that fills them, everything in them rejoices before the Lord. All nature longs for his coming. And that's what the world is looking for. That's what we're looking for. It's, we sang it. I don't know if, if you picked it up. I knew it because I knew where I was going here. And James, as he picked out the songs that we sung, many of them, almost all of them, had a, a verse or two that focused on the coming king. That he is our coming king. And he will redeem us and he will ultimately free us. When he comes again, he will judge the earth in righteousness and people in faithfulness. I was reading again, as many of you are, in the 10 by 5 by 5 reading plan, Revelation. Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He's clothed in a robe, dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron." He will tread the winepress of the full fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. And heaven and nature sing, no more let thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. It's an incredible reality this psalm is portraying for us. Christ the Lord, sing to him. Worship him. 
For he has made the heavens and the earth, and he reigns over all. In Revelation 5, 9, it says, and they sang a new song. Maybe you can add a verse like this to your song even today. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people of God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on this earth forever. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Father in heaven, I thank you as we so often need to be reminded that things are not as they seem. And Father, no doubt there are some even here this morning that think, what's the big deal? It is just a baby after all. Father, I pray that before the end of this age, before the end of this day, that they might think that through a little bit and realize that, no, it's not just a baby. This is the eternal Son of God come to earth to expose our darkness and to break our bonds and to free creation from its curse, to save us from our sins and to reign over us. So, Father, would you be merciful to those who have not yet concluded that this baby is anything more than just a little baby boy. And Father, for so many of us who have walked with you for such a long period of time, we can get stuck in a rut. We can be happy with the way that we think. We can settle into patterns of worship which don't readily account for your power and your majesty and your glory and your holiness. They don't, rel- rel- they don't think too often about how you, in fact, are the creator of everything that exists and that you are the king of the world, you are the king of my life, and therefore I am to submit myself to you more and more and more each and every day to find confidence in your rule. Help us, Lord. Reveal more of yourself to all of us, I pray in Christ's name. Amen.